Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Uh, for this week's episode, we thought we would do something a little different and insert our review of the album Clean House by the musical act Moonbounce here at the top of the podcast. We've also split the review out separately, so keep an eye out for that as well. Stick around just past the uh, 11 minute mark for our breakdown of this week's news roundup on all of our favorite pop culture topics. We hope you enjoy this week's episode, and then you come back for episode 7. Thanks everyone. Two weeks ago... Um, my friend, uh, Corey Regensburg, who has a, goes under the DJ or the, you know, artist known as Moon Bounce, uh, released his latest record, which is now available on Apple Music, Spotify. You can also get it as a vinyl. It's called Clean House, his first full LP. Um, there are ten, uh, nine songs on it. Uh, I ordered it, pre-ordered it on vinyl. It came uh, a few days later from Grind Records. Uh, beautiful, clear, crisp, uh, plastic PVC vinyl, so uh, you can see through it. It looks really, really dope. Uh, the jacket um, is, the album art is really, really cool, but actually the jacket of the, uh, out, the LP itself is actually even cooler. Uh, it has a photograph of Corey. It also has a... Um, all the lyrics to his songs, uh, which are really awesome to look at and were great to read and listen while I was uh, checking out this album. Um, so first off the bat, you know, no spoiler review, I guess, for the album is that uh, I think it's very, very uh, uh, awesome. I, I love it. I think that the music is really exciting and, you know, the electronic um uh, you know, a title that it's listed on in uh, Apple Music, I think maybe does it a little bit of a disservice because there's it's, this music yeah. is very melodic and very um, uh, song oriented and driven, and the, each song has a lot of really beautiful dynamic sounds and um, beautiful analog synth that just it, it dude it rocks. It's it feels kind of like a rock album done with electronic instruments in a lot of ways. Yeah, I know. I, I can agree with you more. And so um, I, I think, like you said, providing a little bit of background that this is one of your one of your friends. Like I, I hadn't heard of um, Moon Bouts before, and um, so I hadn't listened to either. But I, after listening to Clean House, I went back and listened to his EP, and I, that was a, my same reaction. You sent it to me. Looked on iTunes. I'm like electronic. I'm like, uh oh. Like I typically am not a like electronic music kind of guy I'm not really into hip-hop either i'm more of like your straight rock rock and roll kind of thing and i really dig this album i i agree with you I think also, it, it could be i think this album truly should be listened as like pop like i think that that would be much more serving to what this like oh. what it sounds like because it does it sounds like a pop record like dude like i love that song i mean that song drugs like yeah i, I think that that's a great that's a great song um I love the production on this album. Like, it's really, it sounds, it sounds really clean, really, yeah. really clean, really, really crisp. Like, it just sounds like it's it's super it's super tight and elegant. Um, I I really dig it. I also I, I don't know how much you read into lyrics, um, if you did at all, which I don't expect that you did. But like the uh, what I I'm kind of reading his um, you know the jacket of the LP. Is a little bit of a narrative there. I would be curious to ask okay. him whether you know that was intentional. 
Um, or if I'm just reading into it in my own way, you kind of see him, you know, uh, you know, in the shower, which I think is kind of a cool song. I think he should sell that to like a L'Oreal or, you know, one of these kind of <laughs> like commercials where they can sell shampoo or some shit. Uh, sure. and you know, from like, from there, it's like, he's like thinking and then he confront, you know, he does some drums and confronts this girl and like the, the girl ends up falling out uh, for the time being and then comes back around and then like they're together at the end. It's kind of what I took away from it. I don't know if that's correct, Corey, but I, I tried to keep it right. Also, I, I, I am not a close, close friend with, uh, with Corey or Moonbounce. I, I knew him from growing up and going to Hebrew school and stuff. Uh, sure. he's a really good dude. Um, I remember playing guitar. I think there's pictures of me and him on Facebook, like playing at Conclave and stuff. Um, so mm. it's super cool to see that he, first of all, was able to put out an LP, like kudos to anyone yeah, we know who's that. done that, like that. And, uh, on top of that, he made kind of a cool album. Um, did you perchance like have a favorite song that you liked off of it or? Ooh. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think Shepard's wife was one that kind of really grabbed me if I remember correctly. Um, dude, I love the sax solo on bad man. That's awesome. That's. Yeah, that one too. I, that one, I was like, this is not electronic. Like, what is going on? Like, they, they're really boxing it in here. And I, again, I, I was really impressed with his vocals. Like, um, you asked me about um, the lyrics. I hadn't gotten the chance to look at them yet, but um, I was really impressed with his, his singing. And I was like, really surprised because, again, electronic music, not used to it, especially kind of the way it starts off. I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. And then, like, pleasantly surprised that, like, all the melodic tones and having the sax solo in there that really rock is really cool. And yeah, I, I think maybe alternative pop or um, alternative rock might even kind of fit the bill, but yeah, it's certainly a really poppy record. Um, it's, it, it's, and it's like, I think it's fun. It's easy listening. Like I know that I will definitely be playing this record. Like if I have a party, like people coming over to hang out at my apartment, I will definitely throw this record on. Because it's yeah. very accessible, I think. And I, I don't think that the electronic instrumentation um, dilutes the poppy, melodic, sing-songy, you know, relationship, you know, I have with these songs now. Um, yeah. And they're, I think that it's really cool. And it's it's really a, um, I, I just think it's really awesome. I knew Corey in Hebrew school when I remember him and like, you know, I think the few times we hung out outside of Hebrew school, he's a really, really, really funny guy. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He's really <laughs> happy to self-deprecate himself for, um, you know, the laugh and be, and be hilarious. And he always was. And like, you kind of see on like in his lyrics and the way that the album moves that it also doesn't take itself too seriously. It's not down on itself. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not in any kind of sort of, it's, it's an up record. Um, I think it sounds similar to, and like, I don't want to, you know, insult anybody, but I think that ultimately it does sound similar to a band called, uh, or an act called Discovery that I heard, which was an electronic melodic kind of an act. Uh, okay. It, you know, and it, it does share a lot of those, uh, similarities, I would say. And it also has kind of a, a, melodic song uh feel to it in the way that it like parts of you know early you know alternative you know synth pop did in that time uh yeah you know what is that other band that, that that's like the two guys 
Um, um, it's Daft Punk. Not, it doesn't sound like Daft Punk. No, there's another band that does a really kick-ass song. Um, I think they have an album called it's called like White Chicks or something. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up right now. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, I mean, while you're kind of looking for it. Um, Do you, so, did you like this record? Did you listen to it more than one time? I've only gotten the chance to listen to it once, um, but I definitely want to listen to it again. Um, and I was trying to pull it up before before our podcast, but I I think because uh, I was on on the go and I only had Spotify, uh, I don't have premium, so it was like songs like Moonbounce. I was like, damn it, no, not that. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right. So. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to it for sure. Uh, it, it definitely grabbed me, and um, yeah, I think there's some some stuff in there that you can definitely dance to. But it's also some good like introspective listening as well. Dude, I'd be so down uh, to go and oh, Chromio. It does sound a little bit like Chromio, but um, or it reminds me of Chromio. I'm not saying it's influenced at all in any way by them. I just think it sounds a little bit similar. Um, sure. Uh, I would so be down to see Corey live or Moon Bounce live. Um, I think that uh, his, um, I'm sure that the performance that he does, like with these songs, is probably really, 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 really fun to see and be a part of and dance to. I think yeah. Shayna would be so down to do that. I find a lot of electronic artists kind of lean too much into the DJing aspect, and like I would, yeah. be, I think that I'm, I, I would hope that Corey kind of plays his album and plays with it and has fun with it and kind of jams on it. Um, there's a really great part of uh, uh, one of his songs. It's one of the last ones on the album. Uh, I believe it is Your Time, where he, like, does a quick, like, drum and bass fill. Dude, if yeah. Paul, like, was, like, around <laughs> to hear that, he would have, like, lost his mind. I'm like, this is so Paul music. Anyway, yeah. uh, Moon Bounce amazing job on clean house it's an incredible album congratulations um we both really dug it um i can say yeah, that man. you know definitely uh, i went out and i bought your record i'm happy to go out and buy uh you know more in the future and definitely see you again when you come back through to new york uh have you had the chance to chat with him at all I have, about it i have or? not yet had the chance to chat with him yet but uh i was ho i was hoping to write a proper review for this uh, but sure. ultimately um, have not had the time. I think people would read it, so if you would and you would think that would be cool, I will do that. Uh, if not, and you don't hear from it and it comes back and you don't like it, you should tell me so that I won't do it anymore. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd be down to, um, you, know, you know, I would love to speak with Corey. I, I hope that he would be interested in coming on, so maybe if he's coming through to New York, we can have him in or we can call him in and get him remotely. Hopefully that would be something he would be interested in. That'd be awesome, man. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our review of Clean House. And now stick around for our chat on this week's Pop Culture News Roundup. Hello, Jay. Hey, Frank. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Very, very well. Thank you. Welcome back for another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. This is episode six. We are, you know... Chugging along. Moving right along. It's It's been a, a great journey so far. And uh, hoping we have some... Pretty great topics to go over this week. Uh, what's oh, yeah. uh, what's what's on on the docket? What, what are you thinking, buddy? Well, okay, so I just watched the Star Wars Rebels scene um, with Obi Wan and Darth Maul, and it was unreal, unbelievable. Can you shed some context into what 
this scene I just watched was a little bit for me, please? Absolutely. Um, and everyone, full spoilers. Full spoiler there, I know there's probably, you know, a lot of people watch the show, but a lot of people probably don't. Um, but it, I have been watching it since season one. I've, I've watched all of the Clone Wars as well. Um, I find it a really, really great um, compa- oh, excuse me, companion to the Star Wars movies. Um, so basically, if you didn't realize or didn't know, Darth Maul apparently survived the, uh, the pit on uh, Naboo. Naboo in episode one. And so he came back in uh, the Clone Wars, uh, I think season four, season five. Sure. Um, some prosthetic legs, and there's a whole great storyline there. Um, but basically, it continued to fuel the Obi-Wan-Darth Maul battle. Um, and so Maul came back in, in Rebels this season, and there's a whole thing with him uh, influencing the character Ezra. But basically, it came down to the fact that uh, Maul discovered that Obi-Wan is still alive. And so he's trying to get his great revenge on Obi-Wan because he took half. away his, kind of in half. <laughs> took away his life. He's now half a bed. Yeah, and you know, he was the apprentice to the Dark Lord of the Sith. So uh, but basically this this fight you see there's a the very distinct change from when Obi-Wan is he does his stance that like that Ewan McGregor used to do and he he, he changes to this more stoic uh, lightsaber stance that very very much alludes back to Alec Guinness's take and and the actor sounds so much like him it's crazy um and basically Obi-Wan is just he's like I I don't want to fight you but if I must I will and he just goes on the defensive and kills Maul because Maul thinks he can take him and obviously Obi-Wan has been practicing in the ways in the force on his own on tattooing for many years and that's it and it's a little weird because the uh the rebel show is is more for kids so you don't really see much honestly i had to watch it like two or three times to be like wait really he, he he's dead um but there's a, a cool little interchange between the two of them that's uh they t- mentioned a little bit uh to luke skywalker and um how obi-wan is guarding him and but Maul still, the, the Sith to the very end, kind of, uh, is like, he will avenge us because the, the Sith are all about revenge. And so it, it's, it's really interesting. I, the reason I uh, brought it up to you before uh, the podcast was like, they clearly are trying to wipe the slate clean here. They want to make sure that all the powerful characters, force-wielding characters, are out of the picture before A New Hope. Um, and Maul was one of those that, because they introduced him back in the Clone Wars, a little bit nebulous and like, well, if how could he possibly exist, you know, in the world of Darth Vader? Uh, so um, you're right. You're, you're uh, hey man, I absolutely agree with you. I also think it's an awesome send off to a character that was misserved. You know, mm-hmm. um, there was no reason why uh, Darth Maul could not have returned later in the prequels. I think there's a case, you know, made by that popular YouTube dude. Um, that bringing Darth Maul back would have been a really cool way to, uh, you know, bring the, bring Obi-Wan's story to more of closure and to give him really a true adversary because his adversary really is an Anakin, you know? And 
it's it's crazy. So, okay, so with other, are there are plenty of other characters I'm sure they're including in Rebels that you know are integral to the Star Wars canon as we know them now. Like, which ones yeah. are like really cool that you remember that like may help to even sway me a little bit more to maybe start watching the show. Um, so, well, I mean, the big one, like, Clone Wars is still on Netflix. I so thought they took it down. You, you know, the funny thing, I thought they were gonna, everyone thought they were gonna, and I, like, rushed to refinish watching it, like, the second or third time or whatever, and then it was, like, still there. And it's like, that is frustrating, but, you know, at the same time, I'm like, I just got to watch a whole bunch of Clone Wars, how can I really complain? But... The the character of Ahsoka Tano, who is um, yeah, this is like uh, this is like the breakout character of the Clone Wars series, right? Oh yeah, yeah, she is um, Anakin's the apprentice. Padawan. Yeah, pa- Padawan. Mm, sorry, sorry. No, no it's okay. <laughs> she's not, it's okay. It's she's okay. not a Sith, um, but uh, she grows so much across the Clone Wars, and uh, she sort of. Um, the way the Clone Wars series ends, it was canceled, so they kind of had to wrap up the stories really fast. But they brought her back in in uh, in Rebels, and there was a really great, exciting battle between her and Darth Vader, and you get this, like, another very emotional relationship connection similar to Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's like and there's a moment where she slices his mask, and you can see him underneath it and he, hear his anakin voice and it's just so powerful so that for one is is an amazing um the other uh one that i really uh connect with is a character called sabine wren she's on rebels and she is a mandalorian um and so she's that there was a great storyline throughout clone wars and um in rebels where they there's a, a lot of mandalorian so for others that don't know this is basically the boba fett look um that armor, um, and she's got a really great story arc throughout this season in particular. Is she um, one of the Knights of Ren? Does she have anything to do with that? No, and so it's funny, and I don't know why they did this, but her, the, she spells her name W-R-E-N, and then obviously Kylo Ren is R-E-N. Um, so it, that is probably a misstep on uh, Lucasfilm's part for making it so similar, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the the, char- the Jedi characters on, on Rebels are pretty interesting um you've got your sort of plucky kid teenager that kind of has become pretty powerful um in ezra bridger and but he's definitely been tempted by the the dark side a lot and at the beginning of this conversation like i said uh darth maul was sort of trying to get him to become his apprentice i mean ultimately in the like in the real world of star wars he would probably die before a new hope but like What's going to happen yeah. with this kid? Like, are they going to kill this young kid in a cartoon? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I think the more likely thing is that I think he might. They're going to CGI him into stuff. the movies. Uh, no, I, I think they're going to come up with some way that uh, places them outside of of the the canon. Like, basically, some inciting reason that they don't exist. I mean, the interesting thing is, for you know, we saw Rogue One a few months ago. They have a lot of Easter eggs for Star Wars Rebels. I was like geeking out all over the place. They had the the uh, the ship. They had the droid chopper in it. They you hear over the loudspeaker the captain of the ship. So that's crazy. Some of these characters exist, but they didn't mention the the, the Jedi's um, Jedi. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I I think uh, it was renewed for season four. Um, so there. 
they may continue on past that, but I could also see them starting to wrap things up, especially they're getting really close to the events of Rogue One. Um, they had Saw Gerrera pop up, Mon Mothma, um, and even earlier on the series, you had Lando voiced by Billy Dee Williams, which was really cool, um, and the young Princess Leia. Yeah, so he's just, like, down to do that. He's, like, yeah. he's, he's so <laughs> down. Like, kudos yeah. to... Uh, Billy D. Williams for doing kick-ass voice work, you know, of yeah. late. Because, you know, appreciate him while we got him. Like, he's he's pretty awesome. He is pretty awesome. Obviously, he, he was in Lego Batman, Cold too. Cold 45, jeez. Yeah, so. But anyway, so, you know, we love Star Wars. And uh, I think the majority of this conversation is mainly to kind of lead into the, you know, we are going to continue to get more and more Star Wars throughout the years. And obviously well, I've had this ones. conversation with a friend of ours, yeah. uh, Matt Zebatron, uh, when <laughs> f- when the first Star Wars stuff, like in 2012, when the, when Disney bought Star Wars, and I yep. talked to him on AIM at my job at J-Space, and I was like, do you ever think we're going to get tired of talking about Star Wars? And, you know, we we couldn't figure it out because... It would depend on how everything went, you know? Right. And, like, it, everything has gone pretty good so far. Like, the revisionists look back on Episode 7, like, as in a large part of plot retread of Episode 4, like, is regrettable. Ha- having said that, it's still a pretty excellent film, and it does yeah. do new things with Star Wars canon, and also does a Star Wars movie in a way that leaves you with amazing, wonderful questions that everyone has been constantly thinking about and debating about that only someone like, you know, JJ, I think really could, you know, integrate into that, uh, you know, these story arcs. So I, I really dig all that. And now, you know, as like, you know, always wanting to kind of do a podcast, like, dude, like we could literally talk about new Star Wars stuff Till the end of time, because we could. literally that is what's happening. There are going to be new Star Wars movies probably once a year, indefinitely, you know, until yeah. something happens. So Yeah, and I just saw a news item earlier today that, uh, and I mean, this is something that we as fans have sort of assumed for a while, but I guess they came out and said that they are planning to go past episode nine. And I mean, that's, I mean, sort of a no-brainer. They're making millions billions of dollars um why wouldn't they um so i I, it's sort of like okay are they gonna really continue the same story but i mean there's really no reason they can't um there's no reason there's no reason they can't but you know i think that there's also going to be something to be said about the way that these star wars spin-off movies do because this is really the future of star wars you know you can bring star you can you know I hate to say this, you can essentially reboot Star Wars, right, with an amazing movie, but it always hinges with Star Wars on a sequel, right? So, like, if Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith were better movies overall, right, Right. would we look back on Episode 1 the same way? Maybe not. Maybe if it told more of a cohesive story, maybe if it, you know, had a little bit more... uh, you know, I don't know anything. More Gungans, less Gungans. Who cares? Like, uh, 
I, I do. I, and the way that the next Star Wars movies and the future of Star Wars can be judged and only really truly be judged is on the future of the spinoff films. Because that is where new creative ideas will come in and inspire and further the story along. I don't think doing a 10, 11, 12, um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see when we get there. Well, I think that the interesting thing is that with uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and now 7, 8, 9, they have these defined time jumps because, you know, basically the, there was a lot of time in between them when they were made. Um, but, you know, if they make 9 in what works, so this is coming out in 17, so 19 is 9, would they just jump right in, in to episode 10 in 2021? Or would they take off some time? And if they are doing a two-year gap between movies, is there going to be like a 30-year gap? I don't think so. Because if you've got your new cast of Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Adam Driver, like you're not going to just be like, well, you guys are gone. We're going to cast new people to be your older selves. Like I just don't see that happening. Um, no, I don't think but, that's going to happen either. But I also don't think that Star Wars is like Marvel. And I don't yeah. think that Star Wars, in a way, should be like Marvel. You know, like they're trying, like Rogue One showed us that they are absolutely trying to keep that kind of continuity joy that nerds love in, yeah. in, these, in these new Star Wars movies, which is cool. But. We also see that where that can be, you know, a little bit dangerous. And I think that they, you know, Han Solo, man, I'm, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like, it looks cool. Like, I get that, like, I mean, you got an amazing cast. You have amazing directors. On paper, if it didn't have Han yeah. Solo on it, this would be, like, the most action-packed movie you'd want to see. But, sure, you know, I feel like maybe... This could be where people don't embrace the newness of the Disney Star Wars films. Yeah, and, it could be. And, and like, I hate to sound like a negative person on it, but like, I I hope that that's not true. I think that everything about it sounds awesome. You know, I, I. But really, truthfully, the future of these Star Wars movies depends on the future of the spinoff films. So like, yeah. Rogue One is dope. I think episode eight will be very, very good because you have someone who is at in his prime. You have the best, you know, you have the best of both worlds. You have the, the team from the last movie, but you also have this new fresh, new fresh eyes on it that have done different things. And, right. you know, they know what they know what they're doing. And I think that uh, episode eight and nine, I'm, I'm pretty sure are going to be relatively kick ass. Yeah. What happens after that? I don't know. Like, I would want to see them start to do different stuff with Star Wars movies. I agree. Because I think that they, there's so many other things to be done. There's so many other parts of the universe that they can touch and drill into and have fun with. And to just make these movies about these characters, I yeah. think that they can go. I think that they can go further. Yeah, and I kind of wish they would take a page out of like the old extended universe and. And jump around in time and don't feel like they need to be married to, you know, the, the Battle of Yavin. Like, they don't need to be, like, right around that. Like, 
I feel like they can go thousand years of the past, thousand years in the future. And, you know, the stories of, you know, the Skywalkers are just a uh, legend. Cause I mean, like, let's be real 30 years past and in, in episode seven, it's sort of already legend. So can you imagine like what they would think of these people way down the line? I don't know. I, I think even if it's, um, what if like a movie a, where the Sith were in rule and like they ruled yeah. the galaxy, like in a different way than the empire, like, yeah. like that would be really crazy. Like I'm down to see that. I'm down to see, you know, a Knights of the Old Republic movie. So down. That would be so great. <laughs> you know, like I, I, that is, I think that's the Holy Grail, man. Like, yeah. uh, and there's other things that they can do beyond that. I would love to see Obi-Wan movies. Like, oh, yeah. like give more few years on Ewan McGregor, but pay him money to stay in relatively good health. And then he can play Obi-Wan in, you know, five, six years. And then yeah, he can, go, and then he can go. I'm sure he's still gonna look as good, but he can go and fucking get, you know, makeup on and go play in Obi Wan in a better, and 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 bring that scene with Darth Maul to life. Oh, that would be amazing. Why not? Why not? Um, uh, but I don't know. And uh, you know, so it, the beat I want we want to talk about with Star Wars this week. I, we get a little bit off off our bridges. Is I saw this headline. I didn't click the article because I think it's more fun to speculate. Having known what it looked like that they gave away in the clickbait, which was Ewoks, so I'm assuming Endor is going to be one mm. of the planets we'll return to. But I'm asking you, like, what is one of your favorite like Star Wars planets that you think could return and be awesome? Well, so I think while we have had it a lot, I still would love to see Tatooine. Like, I know that we had our generic desert planet in Jakku but I feel like there is a lot there's a, an importance of that planet in the Skywalker story you know you have it throughout the prequels you have it in the original trilogy and I just I don't see a way where they could get away uh, you know not have it what they would do there I don't really know but you know they could put something some reason why they have to go back there um, you know obviously Luke Skywalker is in in this movie and presumably episode nine, but he well, grew up there. That's his home. Like wouldn't he maybe have some reason to go back there? I don't know. It could be interesting. I don't, I don't want, okay. I, okay. <laughs> um, all right. I like, I like your plan. Um, but I have a few planets that I think really need to be examined. First of all, I think, um, they should go to Sullust. I think that would be cool. But uh, even more so than that, <laughs> I would love to go, you know, do a scene on Dagobah. I think that that would be I, bitchin'. I think that would be great. I would love to go. I think that that is one of the most, you know, the most interesting planets in the, all of the Star Wars galaxy. Um, I think also uh, if they wanted to go back... Uh, to Hoth, I'm down. Uh, you know, I like Hoth. I just don't know if we need it. Yeah, you know, I don't know. We have it, it's it's iconic for sure, and it, it is a you know huge part of Empire Strikes Back, one of the best movies ever made. But and maybe that's why I'm a little bit more like reserved on it. But you know, we had a, a snow planet. 
and right. I, I, but we I have, noticed, but we have two desert. We have a desert planet. We only we have two desert planets, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Bespin I, is also sweet. Bespin is a pretty sweet place. I that is one like Cloud City. I think I, I think it would be with, it would be also cool to see like what they've done on Endor. Like, is there like a memorial? Yeah, you know, do the Ewoks, you know, communicate better with you know other you know uh, species from around the galaxy? Yeah, probably not. But okay. <laughs> it's a totally fun idea. I mean, I wouldn't mind. What so like having- is was Kashyyyk blown away? Like, it didn't look like it was totally blown away. Like, let's go back to Kashyyyk. Let's go back to Geonosis. Yeah, I, I mean. <sighs> Obviously, in Rogue One, we just had Mustafar, so that was cool. Um, Dude, honestly, Mustafar, that that Mustafar scene, pretty good, pretty yeah. pretty sweet. So I know we were sort of talking original trilogy, but if we're talking original planets, I would love to see Coruscant like in a proper way. Yeah, they'll have they'll have Coruscant. I'm telling you, that's coming. I, I think they kind of need to to kind of tie everything together because it was such an important part of the prequels and. They aren't ignoring them, and yeah. it would be really interesting to see what happened there post Emperor. Um, Do you think that they're like that going back to the old planets? Like it diminishes how big Star Wars can be. Like I kind of feel like that's the thing. Like the the like it's cool to go back and see them. Oh, the member berries, but then you're <laughs> like, oh, like but there's other planets we could go to, and like that's something I think they did kind of do in Force Awakens. Right. I, I do planets. think that was. I think it was effective for the new movie for sure. But I, I think if they had one in that movie, it would have made it a little bit more like, all right, this is connected. This makes sense. Um, so similarly, if they have one new plan or one old planet in the new movie, um, it would. I think it would just make all the fans like tickle with excitement. Um, I mean, obviously there is a point to do something for fan service, but if there's a good reason to include it in a part of the plot, and I think like some of the planets we've, we've said, Tatooine, Coruscant, uh, Endor to a degree, like they were very integral to, you know, big moments in, in the galaxy um, that it would be hard to ignore them. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when you have your old characters like Luke and Leia there, you know, they're, they may have some connections still to some of those places. And there may be, like, who knows, like, what the deal is with Ray's parents. But maybe they, if they are separate from some of the characters we already know, are on one of those places. And that's a reason they have to go there. I don't know. I agree. I, th- I think it could diminish it and make, make it feel really small. But they're already doing that by keeping it into just the Skywalker characters. So if you're going to do it, just... Go all in, is my opinion. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, so, Star Wars, we love. And love we, uh, we could talk f- probably for an hour or a week about it. But, I'm you sure. Know, this is not a Star Wars podcast. But So, I, I think let's just run down some other okay. kind of And So, I think the big one that uh, came up, I guess it was last week. Um, but I know this movie, for both of us, was really formative in our uh, middle school years, but The Matrix. So they have been talking about rebooting, doing sequels, something sort of around bringing The Matrix back. 
What was your gut reaction when you first heard that? So my gut reaction was, no, please, no, don't do it. I'm sorry, stop, please, God, no. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Um, uh, I love The Matrix. I think that the original Matrix is like one of the best movies of all time. Unfortunately, I, I don't think that in 10 years or 20 years down the line that it may hold up because of the way that the technology worked at the, t at the time this movie came out in 1999. Sure. And I can understand where someone would want to reboot this movie. Having said that, um, I know why they're rebooting this movie. And I think that, you know, I called, so I called into Jeff Snyder's podcast show on YouTube the other day. And I asked oh, him, sweet. like, did he think that uh, um, the Matrix reboot was a reaction to uh, Deadpool and Logan? And he said, no, but they did say it's part of the trend. And I think the trend is R-rated superhero movies mm -hmm. that the studio can, you know, kind of use with member berries to make a blockbuster movie. Because they know that now these R-rated pictures can do some ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. Okay. So a couple things. So I agree with you completely. I love the original. Um, it just came out at that perfect time for us. Um, honestly, it's been a long time since I've gone, gone back to watch it, but um, I think part of it is just it told such a different kind of story. Um, I do think it would be really relevant today because so many – so many things about our technology and our current world have evolved to a point where, you know, it's even more prevalent, like the the fear of AI. But um, unfortunately, I, I don't think don't think the sequels did it justice. Um, so, well, they got uh, they you know Warner Brothers was doing this in Lord of the Rings, and they're like this is trilogies, <laughs> you know, right, right. You know? So, but I I, 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 I dig I dig it. That. Well, you know, here's the thing. Those two movies, like, they're really, like, if those, okay, if you boiled down Revolutions and Reloaded, it would make one kick-ass awesome movie. The problem yeah. is, is there's so much discussion of exposition in the Matrix films that it just, yeah. it takes up so much of the screen time. So, like, all the times they're explaining things to you and you're getting more and more mind-fucked, and then you get to a point and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> come on. Right, you know, and those are ones for sure that I have not revisited in a while, and I think in light of this news, I kind of want to. Yeah. Um, but you know, so your your thing about it being an R, I I'm pretty sure the originals were not R. No, the original um, trilogy, I'm telling you, was a hard R movie because I remember oh sneaking in to uh, Matrix Reloaded with you and Matt Zeby at during track. And ZB's mother bought you guys the tickets, and then you guys came in. Okay, well, for that anything, happened. That maybe, is the thing that happened in the past. I remember going during school. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I do remember that. I uh, I don't remember it being R. I know the first one is not. No, the um, first one is R, dude. Go back, check your IMDb. The first one, the first Matrix movie, is a hard R movie. All right. Well, let's let's keep talking while I look this up. Anyway, so, so <laughs> I think that the listen. 
I know that Warner Brothers is looking at this and they're like, oh shit, this is an R-rated franchise we can reboot again that we can make cool. And I know that they're thinking, we'll just reboot it for a new generation. Okay, here's what I have to say to Warner Brothers. Look at the Terminator movies. Okay, Terminator 1 and 2 are two incredibly original, idyllic films that are about a thing that was you know in and of itself kind of complete every time they tried to reboot terminator they had to adjust for the new technology and every time they're adjusting for a new technology the crudeness of the terminator ideal and the whole timeline became less and less interesting or fun and i think that yeah. when you see the first two terminator movies they're so serious and they're so um you know the action is explicit and it's crazy and you're watching and you're like, oh my God, this is nuts. Like the scene, okay, the scene in Terminator 2 when Arnold Schwarzenegger is stand, like throws Miles Dyson on the floor and he goes and cuts his arm open, right? And yeah, like, yeah. like, and you see like the Terminator arm. Like that's such an amazing scene. But like, do you remember any scene from Terminator 3 Terminator uh, Salvation or Terminator Genesis? Like, no. No. Like, there's no, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just trying to save an, uh, an idea that was built for a time instead of remaking something. So I think that, like, while, yes, I totally understand the desire to want to have a hard R franchise out competing against Fox and uh, Disney. Or not Fox and Disney, but Fox Universal, other you know uh, right, yeah. studios. Um, but like, dude, like, if they reboot the Matrix, all they're inviting in is ways to cheapen a once fantastic, beautiful idea that yeah. is already a little bit less because of its sequels as it is. <laughs> like, yeah. Like so, you know, two things. I owe you a steak because <laughs> you're absolutely right. They are R. I don't know. I guess I was just assuming that because I was a kid. Uh, you that... right, and you're allowed to watch them because they're on HBO. Yeah, and obviously we had terrible parents, and they just let us go see our movies. Yeah, like, <laughs> my um, my parents were so cool about that stuff. They like, yeah. you know, they let me listen to heavy metal and like go to R-rated movies, and we're like, yeah, dog, you're totally kidding. Yeah, because it's. It's one of those things that it, it, if we hadn't seen it, it would have been kind of weird. Um, but your point about the Terminator was interesting. There was something that came out the other day, too, that I guess they're, again, talking about rebooting it. Um, Leave it alone. Like justice to uh, the T2 fans. And it's like, how many times are they going to try this stupid thing? It, it's just not working. They need to distance themselves from it and come up with a new franchise. Like, I know right now is the... The age of nostalgia and reboots and uh, sequels and everything like that, but like, like come as on. we as we speak, there are people watching a Power Rangers live action movie. <sighs> <laughs> I really want to see that movie, but that's that's sort of a separate idea. Um, but yeah, I know. I think the I mean the Matrix. I I agree. I it's they basically. One really good hit, two strikes, like, don't go for that third strike. Otherwise, this whole franchise is just going to be tainted. And, I, just I, mean, leave it, I just think leave it alone. There's other things you can do. Like, there's so many, 
Like, look what, like, Universal is doing with the monster movies. Like, what a cool idea. Like, let's reboot all yeah. the monster movies to be interconnected and, like, do sloppy join-up movies yeah. like they did, you know, you know, The Wolfman Meets Frankenstein and right. know, that shit. Like, that sounds awesome. Like, I'm so down to right. see that as a movie. Right. So, like, uh, like Warners, I, I hope that they can find an R-rated franchise. I think that they're, they have plenty of DC graphic novels to pull from that exist and could be done. And, you know, there's other things that you could do that don't require having to um, build upon an IP and, and a movie franchise. There's other things. There's so many, there certainly are. And, and, you know, the other thing with matrix is that they came out and, or I guess one of the writers was saying that they would if it's not necessarily a reboot and that they, you know, would want to have Keanu Reeves in it. And like, I just don't know how you do it right. Like, you know what? I think what will make or break this movie is whether Keanu Reeves comes back. And I think that he yeah. won't. And I think it'll die. That's what I'm yeah. hoping because I'm, I'm kind of hoping for that too, because if they do bring him back, then you have to somewhat acknowledge the sequels or, I mean, maybe you don't, maybe you just sort of like, Say, I mean, like literally, the Matrix itself it reboots, and maybe it's this is just another story on the take of it. But like, how much else can they really do? I don't know. Um, well, but like, then again, about, well, like, could, I mean, there's like cool, like timey wimey stuff that they could do with it. But like, I don't know if they want to. Like, it, it, the, the Matrix doesn't need to be a time travel franchise no, yet. That's that, the Terminator. Like, yeah. come on, like. Unless they want to, they're not going to make a crossover. Like that's just ridiculous. But anyway, well, there's, I, there's, yeah, there's other things that they could do. So moving um, right along, still staying at Warner Brothers for a minute and DC specifically. Yeah. Um, I saw the other day. I don't know if this is confirmed yet or not, but it looked like uh, Matt Matthew Vaughn, who directed Kingsman, is going to yep. be uh, directing Man of Steel two. Dude, awesome! I am all for this. Um, I'm I'm through this. I really like him. Um, I know his. So he he does the Apes movies, correct? Uh, or am I thinking of something? No, no, no. Nope, that's, that's Matt Reeves. Damn it! Um, You're close though. I'm very close. <laughs> You're close. Though. Um, I know he did something that I really liked, and that's why I was like, yes. Um. Kingsman, Kingsman alone is it is it for me because Kingsman is a pretty kick-ass movie. Like in and of itself, like that film is is pretty is pretty kick is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, I did love that movie. Um, uh, I think he's and you know what? I'm happy that they said, all right, you know, let's have somebody who's a little bit you know different come in and give this a shot. And uh, you know, I'm I'm excited. I want to see a kick-ass, amazing Superman movie. And I think that one really does exist out there in the world, <laughs> you yeah. know, in the universe, in the infinite universe of time, that there is an amazing Superman story to be told on a movie in a movie screen. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, the the cool thing about Kingsman, and you know, probably the reason why they're bringing him on is that that movie, while it was action-packed, it was was also light and funny and. And you connected with the characters and you had that sort of charismatic lead. And I think that might be the angle they're seeking here. And I think 
Warner Brothers is really lucky in the fact that they killed off Superman, quote-unquote, because they can kind of reboot him in a way within the universe and but this guy, continue he's to also use Henry Cavill. Superman too. He did, he, uh, he did X-Men First Class. That's a great movie. That's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, he's already done superhero movies. He's done and, and he did that. Wow. Like, he's good. Like, this guy is good. Like, I'm thinking, you know, let this guy take a crack at it and... You know, hopefully he can give some, you know, good, uh, just different levity. Di- I don't know about even levity, but like, think about like how kind of small a story Kingsman is. Yeah, like it's that's true. it's not that big. Like, keep a Superman story grounded in some kind of smallness, and like play off that. Like play off like a crazy Lois storyline. Like sure. Like you know, like play off. You know, do. Uh, I, I would say leaves Lex Luthor alone. Do Brainiac? Come on, do some. Yeah, do someone that hasn't been done before because yeah, I think you know, like they not, so do Brainiac. Yeah, they totally could. I mean, because like, how many times has Lex Luthor been done? Like, we don't need to see him in a in a Superman movie. He's already been in a Batman v Superman, and probably will. I think he's in Justice League, isn't he? Or at least one of them. He's gonna be. Um, I think he'll be. He'll, he'll pop up. It'll pop Bars up. Are but, so like, subtle. <laughs> do something else with him. Do do another villain because I think this guy can handle it, and I think he can really make a good Superman story pop on screen. Um, I think obviously at this point it's going to be post Justice League, so we'll know what what Superman's uh, fate was, um, and then they move forward. Um, you know, maybe it would be cool Justice to have like trailer drops this weekend. It does. That just, you know, news item popped up earlier today. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty pumped for that. I mean, I'm. Listen, this is probably going to be the last trailer I'll watch for Justice League because then mm-hmm. I think I will have seen too much. Yeah, I'm, and I'm just I'm, hoping. I'm also, like, really excited to go see Wonder Woman. Like, where is the marketing ramp up for that yet? Like, that. I don't know. It's kind of been out there. I feel like I've seen a lot of marketing for Wonder Woman. I think. When. Hold on. When does it come out again? It comes out in June, so... Oh, so it's, it's, just, only it's just about to ramp up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's been enough... I mean, they had a trailer, like, a week or two ago, so... that And that movie was looking great. Oh, yeah, um, they did put out the trailer a week or two ago. I'm sorry. My my, my apologies, everybody. I, I forgot about that trailer. I did watch it. Um, I did like it. I think it's... I, I think like she's... It. Listen, I love her, Gal Gadot. Like, she's... Oh, oh my God. Um... <laughs> I, I think she's re- and I think that she's like a like she's good at being Wonder Woman. Like I think she kind of gets it in the way that um, Henry Cavill gets that he's Superman, and the way that uh, you know Chris Evans gets that he's Captain America. Like she, I think she yeah. understands and like repre- and like understands the mantle of what this character represents. Like in less yeah. of a way that like, you know, Tony Stark, like Robert Downey Jr. has to be like Iron Man, like he's not in real life. No one cares that he's not. But like if Chris Evans was like really a huge dick and like did some like serious shit, people would be pissed. He was not, yeah, but he's not. He's, he's awesome. Captain America. He's, he's a stand-up not. guy. He's a gentleman. And like yeah. that's like the whole thing. So I think kudos to Gal Gadot for doing that. Uh, you know, and all the campaigns that she's been doing for women and stuff is is awesome. Uh, she should keep posting stuff on Instagram. That's always great, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, and she's gonna have like a. This is gonna be kind of a kick-ass moment because it's you know I guess you right now you 
with the Power Rangers movie, technically. And, well, I guess other, you know, well, the Power Rangers are a team and the Avengers are a team. So, yeah, no. Sure. Wonder Woman will still be the first solo woman superhero movie. Yeah. Right? So I think that that's going to be a big event. And I think that... If it is going to be a huge event. I think that and... if the movie is even... I think that the movie is probably going to be good, if not somewhat pretty good. Yeah. I. And, I but I think, think it's going to do a, a lot of money. I think it's going to it's going to have some sort of legacy behind it, and I think people are going to uh, remember it fondly, hopefully, um, and notice what it, it did for women in movies. Um, it, it's. It, I'm excited. I'm very excited, and I I, I hope that. Uh, it sort of helps influence the other studios. Um, obviously, we've got Captain Marvel coming, but still not a lot of news on that. Um, yeah, but they're not, you know... <sighs> okay, so Captain Marvel will come out when it comes out, and that'll be their movie. It's regrettable that they ne- that they didn't do a Black Widow movie at Avengers. Yeah. Not at Avengers, at Marvel Disney. But I think that ultimately... When you looked at the management that was there at that time, like Ike Perlmutter specifically, like he was not yeah. gonna he was not gonna let that happen. And yeah. like it's very so fortunate. now like looking back on it, like it's a huge missed opportunity for Marvel that they didn't get to this first because one would think that they should probably. But yeah. I also think that it it doesn't always have to be about the, us versus them and uh, you know Warner's versus uh, Disney Marvel. Like it should just be you know, this is a kick-ass superhero movie regardless. And I think that that's what's going to happen and yeah. what could have happened with Batman vs. Superman. But I think that if Wonder Woman even has a little bit of hope, I think it can be a really kick-ass movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you with Black Widow. Um, and it, 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 it's very it's interesting. I'm sure that the people at Marvel probably kicking themselves because it's clear that Scarlett Johansson can carry an action movie. I mean, she's done... Lucy, she's about to have Ghost in the Shell, and she's a huge part of the the Avengers movies and Captain America movies. So it's like, why not do it? Like they should just do it, and everyone would love it, and it would make a lot of money. Um, and they don't you would have, have to spend a lot of money on it. That could be a Black no. Widow movie could be done on the cheap. Seriously, you I could mean, do a Black Widow I'll, movie for ten million bucks. I'm telling you. Seriously, like talk about less money, less effects than even the Captain America movies. Um, it, it could t- it's like a, basically an episode of Shield. Like, like just do something like that. Not even, not even like an episode of Shield. Like, like just like do something. Like I don't know. I don't know what a good uh, Black Widow storyline would be. Like off the top of my head, so I won't say anything crazy. But I, I don't know. Sure. I'm. Uh, it's. A, I think again. Like it's a missed opportunity that they didn't get to this first. And you know, ultimately, I think time will reflect negatively upon them for not doing that and people will question why yeah. wasn't there a black widow movie well there kind of you know is but there isn't so while we're kind of on the female topic i had um and we're kind of on marvel as well uh my, my quick little bone to pick and i don't know if you saw this but no what happened in the, past, me talk to me. In the, in the past few weeks uh they've been talking a lot about thor ragnarok it was a big uh entertainment weekly empire it's everywhere. They're starting to reveal images and plot stuff and whatever. I haven't really looked at a whole lot, but the one thing that they have sort of said that I caught in the headline is that um, Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, is not in the movie, and their reason is that 
they broke up in between the events of, I guess, the two Thor movies or after uh, Age of Ultron, something like that. So my question here mm-hmm. is what the hell, Marvel, you've now broken up two relationships off screen. You did Thor and Jane and Pepper and Tony. Mm. And I, I know it's it kind of seems like a weird thing, but for a studio that doesn't have a ton of female characters, you're just starting starting to write them off. And, you know, obviously we've got Spider-Man coming up and there's a big uh, relationship between him and uh, maybe one day Mary Jane will be in one of his movies. Um, but are they just going to one day write her off too? Like, it just seems kind of odd that they don't, do more with those characters and i understand that the thor movie is going to be taking place in space i get that but like why did they break up just off screen i don't know so fox done i just i thought that was just really strange but no you have a good point because there, there's something to be said about you know betty ross in the incredible hulk and yep. you know there's that you're you're not wrong hawkeye's family and captain america civil war like why would these characters who you know have these relationships totally disregard these relationships? So I think the fir- the first thing about Natalie Portman, which I think is like kind of a bummer, is she didn't like to do these movies. Yeah. And like I think that she just kind of saw it as a, a good paycheck and yeah. a way to you know be a part of you know another thing that she's already has kind of a fan base for. So, like, there's really no loss for, like, Natalie Portman. Like, even if Thor was a bad movie, you know, nobody would have been like, oh, you know, fuck. Like, it would, it's Natalie Portman's fault. Like, no, like, she's, she's no. kind of fine. Um, yeah. Having said that, she didn't like these movies. Marvel didn't give her um, what she was asking for, which I'm assuming is a lot more money. A lot more money, probably, to come yeah. back To come back. And I think that she, you know, at, you know, they already had another reason to get rid of her. And, you know, it, while the post credit scene in Thor The Dark World, you know, I guess was supposed to be canon of bringing Thor back to Earth for Age of Ultron. Like, right. like it, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, if they break up. What matters right. is, is that they address it in the correct way so like i thought that the way they handled pepper's exit in civil war was like unreal and i assume that they'll do something in ragnarok about jane foster yeah to her and if they do that um, that's enough for me if they don't mention her then you know what like who's what who's to say that she's not going to return in another in another movie that's true like they, they totally can, and even uh, Gwyneth Paltrow could return. But I don't know. I kind of disagree with you. I mean, I, it was sort of impactful to see Tony kind of break down and see, and now Pepper Potts. But it kind of took me out of the movie. In that, it's like, okay, well, no Pepper Potts because they probably didn't want to pay for her, and she wasn't in Age of Ultron. They sort of just made a note, like, oh yeah, they're safe, no problem. Again, I don't care that they're in relationships, but if they. Are, I, I would like to see it crumble in front of me on screen and not just like written off. <laughs> no, you're, you, have, you have a tremendous point. And I think that they, you know, it's not because they don't want to do that, you know, it's that they can't. So, and also there's like not really, you know, good ways to do 
like I I don't know like uh, I don't know how how they fix that you know do they do a computer generated Natalie Portman like on the walls of the Bifrost as Thor is having the final argument with her before he goes off on his adventure like I don't know if that's like that you know works like they can do a lot of really cool stuff with CGI these days but yeah. like I I don't know man like I. I think that some of these characters, I think Pepper Potts will be back. I think that they'll have to do that. I think yeah. that, um, you know, uh, you you may have uh, a Betty Ross at some point. It may not be Liv, uh, Liv Tyler. It may be somebody else. Sure. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, Jane Foster, like, was she, like, is she a canonical character for Thor? Yes. She's, she is Thor right now in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it's kind of a big deal, especially for comic readers. She's a huge, powerful character in in both an emotional standpoint like, and a physical don't standpoint. People, like, hate, but, don't pe- like, I think people hate uh, Kat Dennings in the Thor movies. Yeah. she. I mean, she gave some good comic relief, I guess. But, yeah, I... I I don't know. I guess we're sort of getting a little off tangent, but you know the the biggest thing that I sort of see coming is that okay, we've got Avengers: Infinity War coming up. They're talking about having the most amount of characters that you could possibly imagine, and you know, in my brain, I'm like, okay, you know, Iron Man franchise, boom, 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 uh, Captain America, same thing. And it's like, besides, I mean, we didn't even mention like they just, I mean, I, obviously we had Peggy in one of the mo- movies as an old older lady but and then they kind of kill her off of screen too it's just like it's just sort of a repetitive thing that keeps happening and then they're not going to have them in this avengers movie unless they just want to surprise us but if they're all broken up or dead it's kind of like why would they be there yeah um so uh sticking to marvel real quick um neither of us have watched iron fist yet um it came out last friday uh, so we're doing a great job at binge watching that, but, uh, wh- what do you think about the buzz around it so far? Oh shit. Um, I feel bad for this movie, not movie, this TV show, because yeah. it's getting, it's the, it's the victim of some, uh, the internet hate machine. And like, once the internet hate machine starts, there's really no way of turning it off. And it, yeah. like, regardless of whether or not this show is a good show, I think this show was kind of doomed to have this kind of internet hate machine emergency that it did. Um, And I'll tell you why. I saw a, you know, a meme the other day and it was like, you know, uh, Daredevil was like, you know, how to deal, you know, with justice, you know, after you've been wronged and you need to, you know, prove yourself right. Jessica Jones is like how violence lingers, you know, even after the violence is over you know, Luke Cage is about how, like, racism occurs and, like, we need to, like, change the system fundamentally in order for there to be anything. And Iron Fist is about being a, you know, an overgrown, glorious man-child. And, like, that, like, that's kind of a bummer. And I think a lot of that reaction is coming from the fact that a character that, the character of Iron Fist, right, he's a defender, he's part of the Heroes for Hire with Luke Cage, right? Yep. And so these guys, they hang out. They're like superhero mercenaries. And like he does kick-ass kung fu. 
And his whole thing is kung fu, and he wears arguably kind of a racist-inspired costume at the time. And, right. And, like, he looks like a green ninja. And you're telling me that Marvel, that knows how bad its diversity problem is at this point, can't hire an Asian guy to play a martial artist in one of their TV programs? Yeah. Imagine, yeah. like, so, like, I know that Donnie Yen is now in a different echelon now that he just did Rogue One. Like, I can't wait to see, like, a Donnie Yen anything movie. Like, he was so kick-ass in Rogue One that, yeah. you know, and he proved he has the martial arts stylings to do really crazy, amazing, impressive shit. So I would love to see him do that. And, uh, you know, I hope that in the future, like, in some way... Uh, you know, uh, Marvel can integrate, you know, more diverse characters into their movies. But they really bit the fucking big one when they did not cast Iron Fist, a Asian stereotype kung fu karate character, you know, as an Asian person. They cast it as a white person. So that kind of doomed the show to begin with. Canonically, I get it that, like, the original Iron Fist is a white guy. I get it. Yeah. But... Yeah, so it's like if you're going to use Danny Danny Rand, the character who's basically a Batman like situation, sure, he's going to be a white guy. But I I know what you're saying in that it's all about kung fu, and traditionally, you know, those characters would be Asian. So why wouldn't why couldn't they redo it? Like similar to uh, all the times that we've had Spider Man, like. Why don't think they do about, Miles Morales? Yeah, think like about that. all the, um, but not even just that. It's like think about all the awesome kung fu movies that come out of the Asian markets. Think of the Raid. Like how cool is that that oh, franchise? Yeah. Like because of the martial arts and the way that they stylize it and make it look like it's something you've never seen before. Like yeah, they could so have gone for that and they so didn't. And all the reaction that's come out of this and like you know they that they made about this is. Just trouncing it because of, you know, the original sin of not casting this kind of a person. And I think that that's, yeah. I think that that's pretty fucked up. And I think that it really probably hurt what's probably an okay, decent show. What I can think, what I think also may have happened in the writing room in the process of Iron Fist is there's a lot of bits of Iron Fist that I'm sure are very similar to a lot of the bits that we've been doing in the other Marvel Netflix shows. Yeah, totally. At a certain point, you have what feels like the Thor movie when it came out, which is a little bit tired of the generic origin story movie that just, you know, okay, we're hitting the plot points, we're doing the things, we're going here, we're going there, all right, you fight the big bad, all right, boom, kiss the girl, go home. Yeah. And, like, I can understand, like, where they're, like, you know, kind of tired of this. Also, the other shows had points to say. Like... And that's, and that's something that the Defenders kind of had that makes the Defenders kind of cool. You know, they have diversity and they have, you know, women and they have, uh, you know, handicapped people. But to like, yeah. you know, what does Iron, you know, what does Danny Wren have to bring to this Ren. thing? That's a good point. You know, like, like so I, mean, it, I don't know. So, I mean, I, here's the thing. I, I feel like critically... It is getting slammed. You know, all the critics are really giving it a hard time. I am. I've seen sort of a mixed bag um, 
from more of a fan perspective. Um, I think you've probably got your traditional hardcore Iron Fist fans that probably really like it. Um, then you've got some others that probably don't really know the story that well and are just sort of like, what the fuck is going on? This doesn't so like, seem like... A, you've read, does it seem like Iron Fist really builds up to the Defenders? Um, no, I because I haven't really been... I'm trying to stay away from it as much as I can because I do want to watch it. Um, but yeah, for the, this to be the show that's leading into the Defenders, it, it seems sort of like a stumble into it instead of a big ramp up. And especially because I, th- I think the hand, the organization, is supposed to play a role in both. Um, so I don't know. It, you know, it, it's interesting because as we get to the defenders, you, you need to build a big enough threat that you need these four superheroes to come together, um, some know. with some powers. And uh, I love Jessica Jones, dude. I thought that was such a cool TV show. Shayna loved it. Like, yeah. I love Daredevil season one. I have not watched Daredevil season two. I haven't watched Luke Cage. Like, I'm, I haven't watched Iron Fist. And, like, to me, that's what? That's, like, 30 episodes of television. It's, like, 30 hours of TV. Yeah, that's a ton, man. Like, like that, like. It's usually 13 per show. Like, it's a lot. I, I think, like, I do, like, try to watch, like, one new show per year. I think that that's, like, yeah. pretty, like, fair, like. You know, a few years ago, I watched Sopranos, then I watched Breaking Bad, like, you know, try and like take it slow and like and, and enjoy it, you know. Um, yeah. So maybe it's time to do this with the Marvel shit and well, and spend some time say, and and log the hours and get prepared for, yeah. you know, the next step because or or do we know when the Defenders is going to drop? It's supposed to come out this summer. Um, really? And yeah. Yeah, it's coming out this year. So, I, you know, I think the problem, like, for you, definitely watch Daredevil Season 2. It's great. Watch Luke Cage. It's I like it pretty well, at least the majority of it. But, you know, the question mark is, like, is this one going to be worth watching? Especially as we're leading into Defenders. Like, is there going to be enough to kind of be like, why do you need to know about this character before just seeing him in, in the Defenders? Um, I wouldn't skip the other two, though. Like, I, I would definitely watch those before the Defenders comes around. But you're right. It, that's a ton of TV. So many hours. And, like, there's only so much time in the day. And, like, how are you going to – like, if you – and that's the thing. It's like, at this point, we're almost a week out from when they release. And, like, the conversation's almost done. Like, people are moving on, on to the next thing. I don't, know, I don't know how out. people consume media. Like, I don't understand, like, really the appeal of binge-watching. It, yeah. Like, I feel like, I guess – like there's something to be said about like watching a show in a day. Like I watch Stranger Things in a day, but but I like but like watching Stranger <laughs> Things is like watching the Star Wars trilogy. You know, it's yeah. a minor level commitment. Yeah. All right. Well, and I think Stranger Things was also shorter. Um, and you know, 13 episodes is a lot. I I certainly have done it. Um, there there have been some shows where I don't think I mean, maybe some of the Marvel Netflix. I think maybe Luke Cage and. Um, Daredevil season two, I, I got through in a couple of days, but you know, not in one day. It's, it's insane. Yo, um, breaking this hour, uh-oh. Carrie Fisher's entire performance in Star Wars: The Last Jedi will remain intact. That's great. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. Um, wow. So, what does that tell us? That sort of says that the 
The story of Episode film. 8 remains unchanged with Carrie Fisher's death. However, they will rec- they are probably planning to rectify it in Episode 9. Interesting. Like, I... Okay. So, I mean, that to me... Of, uh, Disney's CEO, Bob Iger. Bob Iger said this. When we bought Lucasfilm, oh. we were going to make three films. Episode 7, Episode 8, and Episode 9. We had to deal tragedy at the end of 2016. Carrie appears throughout episode eight. We are not changing episode eight to deal with her passing. Her performance remains as it is in an episode eight. Rogue One, we had some digital character. We are not doing that with Carrie. Wow. Okay. Wow. So either what's going to happen. So Bob Iger has seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, and he's like, we're keeping her in there. Yep. We're not changing it. They're not going to – she's not going to die in eight. She might just be dead off screen in nine. Or they – do you think they recast her? No, they – no. No, no. I know we've talked about this a couple episodes ago, so I don't want to beat it to death. But it's – yeah, that's interesting. Um, no, no. It's good news, though, about the, the movie itself. Because otherwise, like, I would almost imagine they'd have to push it back and – that's not something we want. We want our Star Wars movie this year. Oh no, keep it going. I'm I'm happy they said this. Okay, so back to our originally scheduled program. Um, um I guess last, final last final thing. thoughts on Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I'm down to watch these shows. I do find them very entertaining. Um, you know, I also, you know, do have TV FOMO. In that when I start watching TV, I feel like I'm missing out on other uh, TV shows that I'm not watching or haven't watched to completion. Yeah. So then I feel guilty about watching TV when I'm not watching other TV that I could be watching. And that's me yeah, just like seems you need to crazy. be able to watch two shows at once with one eyeball, one ear. I can't. I can't do the two shows at once. I don't like that. No. And I and no. unless like you know, I guess it, like, kind of like Game of Thrones. Like I'm down to like watch. You know, sometimes an episode of whatever's on after that, but like, sure. dude, like that, like that's really my shit. And like, we have to, we have, there's so much stuff happening with that. That's all coming out soon. But we've been, going, yeah. we're now over an hour, and we're still. Not yeah, we'll get done. there. <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to get to this because I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, obviously, our Logan review is up. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we really appreciate, um, you know, the feedback we got from the people who. Uh, like that episode, so that's cool. Um, what I would like to add on to that, we did not really talk about Deadpool two to a great extent, largely because I don't. I'm I'm still I'm just okay with Deadpool still. I think he's great. I think the movie was great, but you know, always cautious with the Fox characters. Um, yeah. Okay, so Domino casting the Cable rumors. Who's cast as Domino? Oh. Um... I had it pulled up before, and then we got distracted. Um, She's from Atlanta. Uh, I think her name is Zazie. Hold on, here it is. Drum roll. Zazie Beats from Atlanta. Um, I have not watched Atlanta. I feel like you have, correct? I've watched a few episodes. It's really funny. It's cool. Okay. So she she plays the character Vanessa on there. Um, Yeah. um, Great. Sounds great to me. I um I I've actually read some comics with Dead, uh, Domino, and she's a really cool, interesting character. Character based on uh, her mutant power is luck. 
So just you know, kind of imagine. Is she? Oh, is gonna... she like a love interest to Deadpool? Um, I don't, I don't know. I they may pitch it that way in the movie. I don't know if they. I, I know there has been Deadpool and Domino comics in the past, but I just my the one iconic thing I remember is her like diving out a window and like basically her mutant power makes her like land into a pool instead of like splatting on the on the pavement it's interesting that's um, gonna be a funny but, mutant power on screen because it's easy oh, for, totally. for her, him to make fun of to like fourth wall breaking stuff oh absolutely it's gonna be perfect for this movie um, that's good that's that's a cool take on a character to do it that way but okay yeah. here's what i really want to talk about cable cable all right. All right. Um, all right. Just to, to see if we agree or disagree on these. So, what did we say in the Logan review? I think we at that point it looked like it was going to be the Stranger Things guy, right? Yeah, David Harbor. Okay. And I, I'm okay with him. Like that would be, that would be a good get for me personally because I thought he was really good in Stranger Things. They can kind of make him a little more gruff and age him up or something. Um, but the big one that that came out I think a few days ago. Is uh, Michael Shannon, oh my God. also from uh, Man of Steel, General Assad. What do you think about Michael Shannon as Cable? First of all, I love Michael Shannon. I think he's actually a really cool dude. Have you ever listened to him on a podcast? Uh, I actually was he an, on Nerdist at some he was, point. He's been on Nerdist. He's been on Mark Marin. He's been, he's been on some weird stuff. But he's listen, dude. He is a cool dude. He is a good guy. And he's a good actor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I could see him playing Cable. I also could mm. see how he feels in a lot of the same ways like Ryan Reynolds in that he's kind of been trolled by the movies he was trying to help celebrate, you know? Ah, <laughs> you know? Okay. So, like, fair. I could kind of see that angle of Michael Shannon wanting to be like, all right, like, well, fuck this, like, stupid idea of a genre. Like, I'm going to yeah. play this crazy character and not really take it that seriously because all I have to do is really look gruff and tough. But yeah. I think at the same time, like, he's gotten to play a superhero before. And, like, yeah. was he was his General Zod bad? No. Was his General Zod great? No. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the thing is, like, if they want to go the angle of... Um, continuing the fourth wall breaking you know they could easily ha have him as cable and that can make some offhand comment about him being an alien uh you know something like kryptonian you know they could totally do that and that would be such a kick at these uh at dc especially after but doing that superman riff in the uh in the trailer yeah that's true yeah 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 um but I don't know. I, I was kind of hoping for more of your straight man to the, the kind of crazy guy, you know, with Cable. I was I, really hoping for Pierre Brosnan. Ooh, that's not a bad one. That's good. I was, I, I was really I, hoping for Pierce Brosnan. I think that he's, like, he embraces his, like, ability to be funny. But he's yeah. also, like, he can play a super serious character but, and and have like a little bit of a charm and a twinkle in his eye yeah. to sell you on it, in a way that like True. Michael Shannon does not, <laughs> you know. Right. The, so the one that I had been kind of hoping for for a while is uh, Stephen Lang from Avatar. Uh, um, yeah, because he he is a dead ringer for Cable in the comics. Oh, oh yeah, and so 
I know he was sort of campaigning for it for a while, but his name hasn't really been in the running. That doesn't make any sense to me. You would think that they would call him first and they would be like, right. dude, like, like we love what you did in Avatar, but like Jesus, like look at this guy. <laughs> like, yeah, and, like you yeah, just exactly. throw him a cable comic and he'd be like, oh my God, I look just like this dude. Yeah. And, well, and, and there you go. He was campaigning for it. So like he clearly knows of cable. He would probably want to do it, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's I, to me, it's better than the rumors of Kyle Chandler a couple weeks, months ago. I, I don't think he's Who's right. Kyle Chandler? He is um, the guy Friday Night Lights. Um, no, don't do that. Gross. Bloodline. Like, no, he just he's not right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, you, I think you need a leading man to play off Deadpool in the mask. I do think you yeah. need, for the sequel, you need a face that you can you recognize and you're like, oh, awesome. And yeah. Stephen Lang would so do that. Yeah. Even if people aren't like, oh, Avatar, it's like, oh, I know this guy. Like, he's got one of yeah, those faces. He's a, he's a character actor. He's in a lot of stuff. So, like, yeah, like that. I think that would be, like, he has a part, I think, in uh, in Signs. I love that part that he does in Signs when he oh, yeah. scares the guy. I'm, I'm sure he's in, like, some other action war movie dude, that, dude, that came like, out of the past 15 yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he's great. So I think Stephen Lang, Pierce Brosnan, you know. David Harbour. David Harbour. Listen, if they're listening and they listened for an hour so far, you guys, pick somebody with star power. Pick somebody who's good, who can really have good chemistry on screen with Ron Reynolds. Yeah. You can't have yeah. somebody who's just going to play deadpan to him. Like That's what I yeah. think Michael Shannon would do. Like I think Michael Shannon would just play play it wrong i i don't see him as a good cable yeah and like especially with no offense to zay i mean i i don't think she's a big name and you know the who knows if any of the returning characters or anyone's returning from their first movie like will be i, I assume we'll probably get a tj miller um maybe maybe not a marina backer in i don't know um and then uh, i don't know about your other i mean i i don't know if Colossus. Colossus is probably not coming in, and maybe uh, what's her face? Nagasonic Teenage Warhead. <laughs> I think she was. I think she was confirmed. Okay, um, and that's great. But again, that's more of a continuation of the first movie. And but I think you're right. I think we need a name uh, to kind of, especially if they're going to try to have him lead up the X Force movie um, whenever that comes Listen, out. Listen, I, I say like again, like I hope that. The people who are listening, like, at, at if if there's anyone listening, like, tell tell <laughs> Fox, like, dude, like, have Cable and Deadpool on a romp through the X Men timeline with B roll from the other movies up. and mess it all <laughs> up, and everyone would be would be pissing their pants in the theater with laughter and glee of yeah. them being so referential to what we all love. And it yeah. could really be, in ways that Days of Future Past was, but like ca- kind of like another level of X Men event, like yeah. X Men Avengers movie. Because I'm sure that there's other B roll out there that exists that they could just use. Like I don't even like they don't have to they they don't have to get everybody back. Yeah, I mean, and how funny would it be if they did something like as ridiculous as like clipping to like the cartoon or something oh my like God, that? Yeah. Where 
That would be hilarious. They're just like walking through. It would be hilarious, and everyone would die. But um, like really, play, really play with it, and and I think I think that they will. I'm, I'm hopeful that they do. Um, okay. Uh, All right. So here's my thought. Uh, we, we've kind of gone fairly long so far. Um, originally thought we would talk about um, some Nintendo Switch slash Zelda. Um, I am okay if we kind of hold off on that for a bit because I'm still playing. I'm not done with the can you game. Give us a, uh, can you give us a two-minute update of how you're doing? Uh, yeah. Um, so it, Zelda is still the only game I own. I'm, I think the other little piece to this is that besides the Switch itself being hard to find, a lot of the accessories are really hard to find. Sure. Um, and so, like, I was wait- I'm waiting for a case to come in the mail and, like, a new charger um, and a uh, screen protector. And I also ordered an SD card. Um, and, I mean, I don't, I don't think the SD card itself is something that was back-ordered, but it just, I think, packaged with everything else. It's taking forever to come. Um, so you're, so waiting, I so you're just waiting. That sucks. I'm just waiting. Um, so we'll see. But uh, Zelda how, is amazing. How are you primarily I'm, playing it? Are you playing it mobily or are you playing it at your home? I'm primarily playing at home, um, playing docked on on this on my TV with the controller um, separated. Uh, but I occasionally will like take it off the dock and um, play it just on the couch, um, maybe while something else is on TV or like. How are the graphics I on it? Wanna... Oh man! So like it's it's funny because it looks really good and crisp on the on the handheld. It's just that perfect size where the, the number of pixels kind of really jive with the graphic style. Sure. Um, it looks really good on, on the main uh, screen, but it kind of like there's a little bit of chugging with it sometimes because I think it's sort of trying to up it. Um, but, I mean, the game itself is amazing. And I was really hesitant going in. Um, I love Zelda. I play every single one. This one has been billed as, like, changing up everything it's open world and uh i've never really played an open world game I'm, I'm mostly just go with the story go with like what's what they're telling me to do and i'm just loving being able to just play for two hours and all i do is go hunting and forage for goods and cook and upgrade my armor and do all these little side things that uh only make me stronger and don't really advance the plot and i never thought i would be one of those people. Um, but it is just so much fun. The world is huge. I'm, I probably put in at least 40, 50 hours and it's been out like three weeks maybe. So not a ton. I'm, I mean a lot, but I haven't played every single day, which is kind of unfortunate sometimes, but I also have lost some sleep over it, which is good and bad. (laughs) Um, so we'll see. I think if we can do a deeper dive on it, in a few weeks, sure. once maybe I Happily. wrap it up. But I'm glad you're enjoying it, dude. That's really it's it's good to hear. Yeah. And it's got great buzz. Everyone is like giving this game high reviews. It must be fun and- to be playing the game mobily and then like see another person who's also playing it and be like, oh man, like we're doing this. Yeah, and I think the other thing is like a lot of people are playing right now. So like me and my buddy John, we're both playing, and so we continue to like throw things off each other like oh did you know you could do this and did you know you could do that and it's really fun i think it's kind of a social thing right now a lot of people playing talking about it so yeah um only and i i don't know i think a lot of people the switch sales are doing very well um 
so that's a good sign for Nintendo. So hopefully they they continue the, the trend and have some other great releases this year. Um, Frank, yeah, is there man. anything else you would like to speak about this evening? Uh, not really. I, I think just sort of looking ahead, um, uh, you, we sort of briefly mentioned the Power Rangers movie. I, I don't think either, either of us have seen it yet. Um, I don't know if I'll get a chance to go this weekend. Probably not. But it is one that it, you know, the, the franchise is close to my heart from when I was growing up as a kid, and I'm really kind of curious. It's gotten decent buzz, um, so we'll see. Yes, um, we could review this movie, absolutely. We could. Uh, um, but we're going to have to work in some time, because I was under the impression that you were going to go see Beauty and the Beast this weekend, exactly. and we would have a review on that. That is, yeah, that was sort of my, my side note. I was like, I don't think I'm seeing Power Rangers, because I'm going to go see Beauty and the Beast. Um, obviously, a week late. We were uh, we were going to go see it on, uh, spontaneously on, like, Tuesday night, and it was completely sold out. I was like, holy shit. So, uh, obviously, get, this movie... Just get your tickets during the day. Yeah. Uh, the uh, it's it's doing really well. It's making a lot of money. Um, so we'll we'll go see it on. I also Earth. think we there is something to be said. We are both Disney fans. Yeah. I think there's to be said about the greater uh, Disney reboot, um, perfunctory happeningness. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if that was alternative facts, but ultimately, I think that I want to talk about that. So look out for that. Look out for potentially a Power Rangers review. And uh, we'll keep bringing it to you live. Uh, just in case you want to hit us back with any information, you can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. And you can check out our website at longlostheroes.net. As always, I am AJ. Thank you very much for your time, everybody. I love you. Have a great week. Frank? Yeah, man, it's been great chatting with you, and uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Take care, everybody. Be good. Godspeed. Good luck.